Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, and thank you for joining us as we share the good news of Christ's love. We share a rich tradition as a diverse and welcoming congregation. We strive to meet people where they are and join them on their faith journey as we carry out our mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world. Good morning. Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We say a word of greeting to all of you here in the sanctuary, as well as those who are streaming our service and watching on television. We're grateful for your presence as well. Today marks the first Sunday in the season of Lent. We begin a new sermon series looking at the seven last words of Jesus Christ on the cross. We also want to remind our children who are at home, either watching online or on television, that you can go online and get your packet of information that will help you through our service of worship. Those who are here in the sanctuary, we hope that you have that packet of information that will be very much a source of information for you throughout this service of worship. We're thankful for your presence today. It is now our time to focus on the joy of celebrating our faith as one in Jesus Christ.
please join me in the prayer of confession as printed in your worship bulletin. God of the past, the present, and the future, you fulfill your promise to always be with us. Forgive us for ignoring your presence and not loving you with our whole heart. We confess we have denied your love and have not shared your love with others. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that he Share the peace of Christ with those around you by saying, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Amen.
Please receive our joys and concerns of this past week. We pray for all experiencing grief and loss this day, and our Christian sympathy is extended to Blake Williams and family and the death of his mother, Rachel Williams, to Dr. Tony Johnson and family and the death of his mother, Vita Johnson, and to Dale Garland and family and the death of his sister-in-law, Pat Garland. And we pray for all who are ill or recently hospitalized, including Amy Boyce, Bobby Bonner, Mimi Chandler, Gloria Cleveland, and Paula Woozy. And we rejoice in the baptism of Caroline Marshall, child of Lauren Blair and Lambert Marshall, and our congratulations to Kendall Bird and Lane Phillips in their recent marriage. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. God of compassion, we lift our voices with praise and thanksgiving for your love, forgiveness, and grace. On this first Sunday in Lent, we remember the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection by self-examination, repentance, prayer, fasting, self-denial, and studying your holy word. Hear our prayers for the people of Ukraine as they fight for their freedom and seek refuge in neighboring countries. Hear our prayers for the United States of America as plans are considered to help Ukraine remain a free country. We pray for all countries around the world affected by political turmoil and unrest. Hear our prayers for the United Methodist Church and for each member, family, and friends. Hear our prayers for all who hunger or are oppressed or homeless or frightened or separated from family or struggling with addiction, ill or grieving this day. Renew our hope and continue to transform the mission of your church so the world may be a better place. This is our prayer in his name. Amen. you to stand for the reading of God's holy word. Today we read from the 23rd chapter of the Gospel of Luke, beginning with verse 32. Let us hear these holy words. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with Jesus to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. This is the word of God for the people of God. Before you're seated, please take a moment to greet each other in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Please be seated. Very quickly, I want to mention several things that are important that are taking place in the life of the church. This Wednesday, you will receive via email, it will also be on um, our social media website, information regarding caring ministries. As you know, we are trying to figure out how to be a post-pandemic church in lots of ways, and we recognize even in the pastoral care department of the church that we need to be creative with regard to how it is we meet the needs of those who are members of our congregation. So the Caring Ministries Department is going to revamp and respond accordingly to congregational concerns and needs. So there is going to be a survey sent to you this week. It takes less than five minutes to complete it, but it's about the ministries the congregation feels are an important part of the makeup of our church regarding how to meet the needs of our respective members. It's Opportunity with Need. It is an acronym OWN, O-W-N, Opportunity with Need. So we hope that you'll this week fill out that information. If for whatever reason you cannot do it online, next Sunday those will be available. That is the survey. We hope you'll take time to fill it out. We really do want to know how it is that we can meet your needs as a staff for our congregation as a whole. We also want to remind you about our paid in full effort. We are in the process during the season of Lent, ideally of all of us making some kind of sacrifice for the greater good of the cause of the ministry of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. As you all know, we have asked each giving unit in the church, that is a family, an individual, or a couple to consider making at least a $500 commitment between now and Easter to reduce our debt to zero. But in the process of doing so, making some kind of sacrifice that draws you closer to God and our congregation as a whole. So we hope you'll prayerfully consider what it is you can do and how it is you can be a part of something that's very special, that's a church-wide emphasis. We also want to remind you that this week on Wednesday, we start our Wednesday night programming in earnest. We are going to have a meal. We need you to sign up if you're going to be a part of that. We are going to have my Bible study and other small group opportunities. You can go to our website to find out more information about that. You can go to the back of our order of service and see more information. But we want you to be a part of that. It's going to be a good opportunity for us in a very special way to do something during the course of the week that unites us and draws us together as well in a very spiritual way. And there's nothing wrong with having a meal, that's for sure. We hope you'll be a part of that as well. And if you're going to watch online, please be aware that Bible study, my Bible study, is no longer at 5.30, that beginning this Wednesday, it will start at 6 o'clock. So there is a lot happening in the life of the church. Please take time and make the effort to be aware of what's going on and being as involved as you would like to be, which we hope and pray is very involved. Let us pray. O Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day. Work your will in our lives. Amen. C.S. Lewis said crucifixion was not common in art until all of those who had seen a real one had died off. The crucifixion of Jesus embodied the worst in humanity. Crucifixion in Jesus' day and time was a public event. It was a deterrent. If one was considering committing some kind of capital offense, 
seeing those writhing in pain on a cross in a very public setting as people walked by would be a good deterrent for anyone. The suffering and the agony was intentional. It was a horrific form of death. It was done so in a public setting to try to make the suffering incalculable on the part of the one writhing in pain on the cross. It was also a form of public humiliation because when one was hanged on the cross, he was, of course, stripped naked. We do a very good job in art of covering up Jesus, but Jesus, like everyone else, would have been hanging on a cross completely uncovered. The idea was one for one to suffer for a long, extended period of time. It was gruesome. It was unimaginable. And it is in that kind of wretched, evil situation as Jesus is writhing in pain himself, hanging on a cross, that he speaks out, Father, forgive them. It is unimaginable. The first words that Jesus speaks from the cross are not to you and to me, but they are to God. This one named Jesus who said, you have to turn the other cheek and you have to love your enemy. You have to go the extra mile and you have to forgive 70 times seven. This Jesus hanging on a cross, no longer were there adoring crowds following him from place to place. No longer were his disciples close by. They had all vanished. The only ones present now were the Roman soldiers and those who chose to mock him, to spit on him, to laugh at him. Art in the Middle Ages oftentimes depicts people hanging on crosses, towering above those who were beneath. But the truth is, in Jesus' day and time, when one was hanging on the cross, he was just a matter of feet off the ground, usually six to eight feet. In other words, those writhing in pain on a cross could see their tormentors almost eye to eye. And it is in those circumstances in which Jesus himself says, Father, forgive them. It is unimaginable with that level of pain, total abandonment, that Jesus himself could utter such words to God on our behalf. Timothy Keller said, forgiveness is refusing to make them pay for what they did, refusing to lash out in agony. Forgiveness is a form of suffering. It is in the very nature of God to forgive. That's who God is. As Jesus is writhing in pain on the cross, what we understand is that Jesus does not immediately ask something from himself, but instead he asks something for us. Forgiveness. Philip Yancey said grace teaches us that God loves us because of who God is, not because of who we are. It is a form of grace that is forgiveness. It is recognizing that we receive something from our Lord that we do not deserve, we're not entitled to, and we get it anyway. Can you imagine the circumstances in which Jesus finds himself, the hatred, the vitriolic language, 
the suffering, the agony, the abuse, the torture. And while he is going through all of that, totally alone, completely abandoned, he says, Father, forgive them. Forgive who? For what? Father, forgive Pontius Pilate, who instead of doing the right thing and the just thing, chose instead to do the popular thing, to save himself, to forgive those Roman soldiers who literally nailed his body to a cross, to forgive those who yelled continually, crucify him, those who struck his face and crushed a crown of thorns down upon his head, those who stripped him and tortured him, those who spat upon him, Forgive who? Forgive the religious establishment of the day who was so threatened by a man who lived and personified what love is. To forgive you and to forgive me. It is amazing to think about what Jesus went through and that the first words he would speak from the cross were to God on our behalf. Father, forgive them. We live in a world of retribution. We know that. We live in a world that oftentimes is evil. It is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You hurt me, I hurt you back. I'm not going to let you step on me. And here is Jesus who is experiencing the deepest level of spiritual, emotional, and physical pain that anyone would ever go through. And he says, Father, forgive them. Now remember, Jesus hanged on the cross for approximately six hours when there were those who would hang for days. But we have to remember his level of suffering was so much greater than anyone could ever imagine because while he was hanging on the cross, he took upon himself all of the sin of all of humanity and died to that sin. Your sin has caused you enough pain. My sin has caused me enough pain. And if you think about multiplying that billions and billions of times over and Jesus receiving that pain upon himself, no other human being would ever go through that level of pain. And instead of divine retribution, Jesus offers divine forgiveness. It's unimaginable. How do we do that? The only way we can even absorb that, that incalculable level of suffering and Jesus still offering this level of grace and forgiveness is in the process of recognizing that we believe in a God of profound love, a love greater than we can comprehend or ever understand in this life. See, one can only forgive if one has been injured, wounded, hurt, Forgiveness really is a form of extreme sacrifice. It is being willing to do something that flies in the very face of what our natural response would be. The response is naturally to hurt back. And Jesus, who could have called down legions of angels, instead simply speaks to God crying out, Father, forgive them. How does one begin to absorb that? How does one even begin to comprehend 
what it is Jesus did on the cross in the first words that he spoke on our behalf. He is forgiving us as we sit here today, having done it 2,000 years ago. My sin is huge. So is yours. And while he is going through that level of suffering, he says, Father, forgive them. Forgive John. Forgive the members of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. Forgive anyone who has caused another pain. In the Second World War, the famous German theologian Karl Barth was exiled to the United States because of Hitler's effort to eliminate even people in the church who were opposed to his leadership. Karl Barth fled, and he, in exile, said this about Jesus. Jesus' gift of forgiveness was more astonishing than any of his miracles. Miracles broke the physical laws of the universe, but forgiveness broke the moral rules. See, Jesus doesn't do what any one of us would expect that he should do on the cross. We would be filled with such anger and resentment and bitterness at the people who put us there, at those who would have nailed us to a piece of wood, and yet Jesus does not respond the way we would expect, at least if we were in his position. Think about what Jesus has done in speaking the first of the seven last words, Father, forgive them. While he is being nailed to a cross, he forgives those who are nailing him, the very ones who have caused him such pain. Only God can do that. In trying to wrap my head this week around the whole idea of what Jesus has done by saying, Father, forgive them, I thought about circumstances throughout history in which people would have found themselves suffering greatly. What would they have done? What Jesus does on the cross by saying, Father, forgive them, in the moment of incomprehensible, unimaginable suffering, is life, for example, a slave in the 19th century being physically abused over and over again and then turning to the one who has abused him and saying, I forgive you. It would be like a Jew in a Nazi concentration camp in the Second World War watching her family being executed by the Nazis and then turning to the very ones who executed her family and saying, I forgive you. It would be like the people of Ukraine who see hospitals being bombed and people being displaced and suffering at a level unimaginable turning to Putin and saying, right after something else has been bombed, we forgive you. It doesn't even seem to make sense. It doesn't even seem to add up. And yet that's the level of love that God has for us. Our sin, our shame, our guilt. Father, forgive them. William Willimon writes in one of his books about an occasion when he heard a lecture from a man named Houston Smith, 
who is an expert on world religions. Houston Smith was asked the question, what are the peculiar aspects of major religions in the world? He said, well, for Islam, the major focus is prayer. For Judaism, the major focus is family. For Christianity, the major focus is forgiveness. Can you imagine that level of forgiveness while writhing in such agony on the cross? Father, forgive them for the suffering and for the pain, for the sorrow. Father, forgive them. See, forgiveness is, is the bridge between our sin and God's love. See, what we do, like the disciples, is we abandon and we betray and we deny Jesus in our lives and God forgives us. There are times when we lash out and we strike back and the very one who said turn the other cheek and forgive 70 times 7 does it even on the cross. There are times when we justify and rationalize our blatant sin and God forgives us. Of the seven last words on the cross, we begin with Jesus before he asked anything for himself. He asks on our behalf that God free us from the very thing that will shackle us and chain us forever. He asks for those who cause him pain to be forgiven. He asks for us who gather in this holy place and watch online and on television to be forgiven. He even asks for those evil dictators in our world today who have caused such harm, such pain, forgiven. Incalculable, unimaginable, hard to even understand. And yet he did it for all of us. It is a level of love that is staggering. And it's a love given to all of us. Hallelujah. Amen. As the ushers come forward to receive our gifts, because you give, today is a very special day in the life of the church. March 6, 1966, our broadcast ministry began at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, and that was 56 years ago uh, to this very day. So we give thanks today for, for that ministry and for those uh, persons who serve each Sunday in a, a state-of-the-art TV broadcast room. We hardly ever see them, but they're always present. So let's give them a round of applause this morning and thank them for their service. This morning, as you give your gifts, you may give online, text to give, a check or by PayPal. And for those of you who are watching via television, you see ways you can give on the screen. Let us pray. 
Gracious God, thank you for the faithfulness of our television ministry. Thank you for the past 56 years as we have broadcast locally and around the world. In Jesus' name, receive our gifts. Amen.
be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You brought all things into being and you called them good. From the dust of the earth you formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. When rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, you bore up the ark on the waters, saved Noah and his family, and made covenant with every living creature on earth. When you led your people to Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, you gave us your commandments and made us your covenant people. When your people forsook your covenant, your prophet Elijah fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and on your holy mountain, he heard your still, small voice. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. When you gave him to save us from our sin, your Spirit led him into the wilderness, where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his ministry. When he suffered and died on the cross for our sin, you raised him to life, presented him alive to the apostles during 40 days, and exalted him at your right hand. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery into sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Now when we, your people, prepare for the yearly feast of Easter, you lead us to repentance for sin and the cleansing of our hearts, that during these 40 days of Lent, we may be gifted in grace to reaffirm the covenant that you made with us through Christ. On the night that he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, he gave thanks to you, he broke the bread and then gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, when the supper was over, he took the cup, he took the cup and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, 
that we may be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry throughout all the world until Christ comes again in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. The chief rabbi of the Ukraine asked all Christians and Ukrainians to pray the psalm from Psalm 31, verses 21 to 24. And I invite you to hear these words. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Lord of love, all his faithful people, the Lord preserves those who are true to him, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. As we enter into this holy time together, let us pause for a moment of silence to remember our brothers and sisters in Ukraine for continued strength, for resilience, and especially for peace. As beloved children of God, created in God's image, let us unite our voices in the prayer Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You will come forward at the direction of the ushers. Those serving will be wearing masks and gloves for extra protection. We will have three stations. The middle one is gluten-free. So those of you that are gluten-free and, and like to receive it that way, then you'll come to the middle station. Then there will be two full stations, one on each side of regular bread and uh, the cup of juice, which you will dispose of in the baskets on either side. So come forward at the direction of the ushers and join this holy feast.
As we do at the conclusion of every service of worship, we extend an invitation to anyone here today who would like to, in a formal way, become a part of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. For those here in the sanctuary, there is a card in the pew in front of you. We invite you to take that card, put your name on it, and as we sing our closing hymn, which we're going to sing just the first verse, just verse one of our closing hymn, as we sing it, we invite you to come forward. The ministers will be down at the front. We'll give you the vows of the church, and we'll celebrate that you've chosen to be in ministry with us here at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. For those watching online and on television, please be in contact with the church. You can call or you can get online, find out information about how to join, and we would be happy to have you become, in a formal way, a part of our faith community. However you choose to do that, we hope this is the time in which you make that decision as we all stand together to sing verse 1 of number 500. into our community of faith who transfers from another uh, United Methodist Church. And we would just ask you, Anne, if you would be loyal to Christ in the kingdom through Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church and its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. And if so, you will say, I will. And you have a response as printed in your worship bulletin. Will you join me? We, we rejoice, rejoice to recognize you as a member of Christ's Christ Holy Church. Church. And, we and we welcome you to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. Church. With, With you, we renew our vows to uphold it by our prayers, our, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Immediately following our benediction response, we're going to exit out this way. That is the congregation. We hope you'll take a moment to greet Anne, welcome her into the life of the church. We are thrilled that you're a part of our faith community. And also, we want to remind you about the reception for Cindy Burns. You can go out these doors, go down stairs to the Great Hall, and we'll have a time of celebration for her ministry at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We hope you'll be a part of that. We also want you to notice in our order of service, we are going to sing each Sunday for the foreseeable future, Let There Be Peace on Earth. And we need to sing it, you all. Let's not do it in a milk toasty way. Let's do it like we really, really want that, and we really, really need that. So we say to all of you, God bless you. Have a great week. Walk with Jesus and tell somebody about Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church.
our website to let us know you were a part of our viewing community today or to learn more about how you can get involved in our ongoing mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world.